Yvonne Hangstifer, welcome to the next episode of How to Jab and Knock Out the Competition with Real Sales and Marketing Results. How are you? Great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right into it. So let's talk about your creative skills for, for a, a moment or two. How do you bridge the gap between idea and reality from your perspective? Sure. And I'll just give a brief introduction. So sure. I am a web designer and developer yep. Uh, based in Chicago, working primarily with technology companies. So I'm the founder of Flowspoke, which is a uh, small studio here. It's me and then a team of contractors that for the most part have been working for me for years. Okay. Um, and we specialize in WordPress, designing and building custom marketing websites focused on conversion, and then also doing ongoing design and web development work, gotcha. um, again, primarily for technology companies. So okay. In terms of bridging that gap yep. between idea and reality, I think there's a big, especially when it comes to technical aspects of a website, just in terms of what's possible. Um, I think there's, I do play a big role um, just talking with my clients about their strategies, what their goals are, and then how to actually technically transform that into something that, um, you know, could function as a really powerful lead generation tool um, or just cool stuff that can happen on their website that can engage their users, that can engage their potential customers. Um, so there is a big consulting uh, arm to what I do just in terms of having those conversations with clients and helping them understand, okay, so you have this idea, you have this goal. Um, that you'd like to see for your website or for your brand um, and figuring out what technical steps have to happen in order to bring that to fruition and then actually doing that work. So having those discussions and then actually doing the work behind the scenes um, to give them an end product that they're really happy with and ideally that their customers are happy with too. So let me, let me piggyback off of that for, for a second. It, do they typically, y y Yvonne, do they typically have like a concept already there or are they coming to you to try and figure out, you know, based on their business model and their core competencies that, hey, can you just kind of build me the right technical website with the right tag word, you know, keywords and the H1 and H2 tags? Um, or do they typically kind of come in knowing kind of what they want and they're looking for somebody like you to just execute it from a, you know, from a WordPress standpoint? Yeah, I will say that, you know, I've been doing this full-time, so okay. officially started Flowspoke four years ago. And so in that time, I've definitely seen both. I do think that I serve companies the best when they have a marketing team on staff. So they have some people on staff that you know, maybe they know their way around uh, what their brand's core message is. Um, you know, maybe they have some SEO experience just in terms of um, how pages, they might want it structured. Um, and then I come in and really do the development side of things and the design side of things. Um, but, at, you know, that being said, very happy playing either role. So kind of like if clients tell me, hey, we really don't know what we need. Can you tell me what we need? I'm happy to do that. And then also kind of happy to come in. A lot of the companies that I work with, they already have a website and they're just mm. interested in really evolving it um, to fit their current marketing strategy. And so then um, in those cases, a lot of times there's a marketing team on, on staff that knows what they want. So then I'm just kind of there to say, okay, from a technical aspect, here's what we can do with those goals. Excellent. So I'm just curious if you're noticing any trends lately with a lot of the redesigns with, um, is, it, is it them wanting you to add more video to the website? Is it a trend of... 
adding more content? Is it a trend of, you know, Yvonne, makes, make it more sexy, make it more visually appealing, right? Have you noticed any trends with what these companies want, especially during the pandemic, with how to take their websites to the next level? Yeah, I think a big one is just making it simpler to understand exactly what they're selling. So for okay. a technology company, a lot of times that just involves kind of, you know, going underneath the hood and showing them what the product looks like. Looks like. So whether that's through videos, GIFs, um, just product shots that we're, you know, putting into really uh, engaging device images or something. Um, I do see technology companies really wanting to do that more. I think that you know, maybe five years ago, people were less interested in doing that because they were worried um, that competitors, you know, then competitors are getting uh, insight into what exactly they're doing. But I am seeing um, with a couple companies that I'm working with, they are more interested in showing what's underneath the hood of their products on their website. I am so glad you said that because I think that's exactly what I'm seeing as well is they're now peeling back the curtain and allowing mm -hmm. people to actually see the product in action, allowing, you know, visitors like me to see, okay, what do you do and how can it benefit me as an organization, right? Whereas in the past, you're right, companies were just so afraid of almost like giving away their secret sauce, even yeah. though, look, I mean, today with Google, you can search for anything. Yeah. And if you're not willing to provide that information, guess what they're going to do? they're going to go to your competitor, right? Without you knowing yeah. it. So the more that you're able to kind of peel back the curtain and allow them to see exactly what you do, kind of like you said, go under the hood. I mean, I think that's where I think marketing has really evolved, especially in the last year with really being more transparent with, okay, we have to give the, the target audience what they want now, mm -hmm. because if we don't, if we don't, we know more than likely they're going to go to their competitor because the Google search algorithm has grown leaps and bounds, especially the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think, you know, for technology companies um, in particular, usually the main call to action on their website is get a demo. Mm. And I think that that was kind of the substitute for including product shots. It's, you know, well, we'll, we'll get them to get to request a demo and then that's when they'll see what's under the hood. But I do think companies are realizing now that in order to get people to request a demo, they need to show them a bit of what's included up front. I Instead love of just saying fill out this form and then we'll show you what's under the hood. They have to give them a preview. I love, love, love that you just said that because that's exactly what you need to do and where things are, are, are kind of transitioning from a marketing and sales side, right? Is instead of that, you know, request a demo, it's, it's watch a demo, right? Or at least tease it, right, Yvonne? At least tease yeah. what you can do and how you can do it from a problem solving standpoint. And then, right, and then you're further qualifying you know, those types of opportunities for your business. So I'm actually glad we kind of had this important conversation because that's actually a trend I'm noticing out in the marketplace as well is you have to be more transparent with allowing them to see what you do to better mm -hmm. qualify those leads moving forward. So I think uh, what you just said was, was music to my ears. So, glad to hear it. <laughs> so let's transition to your, and this is, I love this. This is probably gonna be my favorite part of, of today's episode is, your entrepreneurial path, help me understand your aha moment. I love asking this question. What was your yeah. aha moment that said, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start FlowSpoke. Uh, I want yeah. to create goodness around the globe, working with contractors and creating creative goodness for all these companies that want to work with me, right? So help me understand where did your entrepreneur entrepreneurship uh, path start? Yeah, so I think... When people ask me this, a lot of times I'll say, I just kind of always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I think I'm kind of stubborn um, and I 
yeah, I just, I really have always, even when I was a kid, I liked the idea of being my own boss. Mm. Um, and so I guess where my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey really started was, you know, when I was like seven or eight, I would sell greeting cards to my extended family members, or I oh. uh, took sticks and I would whittle them with a pocket knife and like sell them to neighbors as a back scratcher. Ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, a little wacky. But then when it really started was I started working at a software company when I was in college. Um, so my software, software of college, I started working at a software company, which just through different coworkers there led to a couple freelance jobs. Mm. Um, and one of those freelance clients when I was still in college was a local um, nonprofit that paired low-income uh, low income first-time home buyers with resources to buy a home. And I created a whole strategy for their website, um, just kind of off the cuff. And then after giving the presentation, it, just, it was clear that a lot of them were really happy with the work and really excited about what I was going to do. And they told me that, and it was almost the validation of hearing like, oh, I just created this strategy for you guys. I Googled and figured out what I'm going to do. And, you know, I've been teaching myself how to build websites. So you guys are actually going to pay me to do this. And you're excited about it. Um, that really just the validation that I felt following that meeting was just so invigorating. And it was just, I knew that I was going to keep doing that um, in the years to come. And then when I graduated college, I started working in an agency, but was still freelancing on the side. And I had another experience similar to that, where I created a strategy for a whole website presented it to the sales team and they were really excited about it. And I just knew like, okay, I can't not have this feeling in my, in my professional life. I can't give up, you know, just this feeling of creative control um, and serving clients in that way. So I think that was really the aha moment once I started getting momentum, um, just pitching different companies on what I could do for them and seeing them being excited about it. That's awesome. Right. I think there's something to be said for, you know, being in complete creative control. And yeah. being, being your own boss, right? I mean, just call it what it is. I, I think for everyone out there that's listening, I think it's also important that each of you should actually have a side hustle. That's just my perspective. Just to have something on the side to, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's something that you're really, uh, uh, you know, um, passionate about, right? It's just having something on the side to just continue to build your brand, build your image, build your mm -hmm. business, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about you, <laughs> yeah. right? And if you kind of think of it that way, then, you know, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you how you want to create, how you want to create your own destiny, how you want to create your own path. So uh, I love that. Love that story. So let's uh, transition a, a little bit into the AIGA Chicago. So help our listeners understand what, what is, what, what is that uh, program? And then why is that mentoring program important to you? And then secondarily, <laughs> what are your goals for them when you engage? Yeah, so the AIGA is a organization. It's national, but they have a Chicago chapter okay. that um, really just, it coordinates events and different resources for primarily designers. And so they have a mentorship program twice a year. Um, I think it's five weeks. And as mentors, we pick a topic that we're going to discuss um, over those five weeks, and then the mentees pick which track they want to be in. And so I led the um, self-employment as a designer mm. um, track. So a lot of people who were interested in freelancing, either as a side hustle or full-time like myself, um, they joined that track. And then we just went through five weeks of pretty comprehensive, like running a business 101. Mm. You know, it actually didn't get that design specific at all. Um, it was very much like 
taxes. <laughs> what do you do now? You're now you're freelancing, you know, a few thousand dollars a year or more. Like now you have to pay quarterly taxes. So how do you do that? Where do you go? Um, so it was just important to me to create a structured curriculum for um, my mentees so that if they went into this, they wouldn't be going in blind like me. You know, I just figured all this out through Google. Um, and that actually was not <laughs> probably the best way to do it. I really would have benefited from having a personal mentor like that. So it's important to me to provide them that resource, that personal resource. You know, they can email me whenever they want, even though the session that I participated in is now over in case they have questions um, gotcha. as they move forward in their entrepreneurial journeys. Gotcha. I, I love that, uh, you know, uh, being able to mentor other folks. Because look, I mean, at the end of the day, my experience is whether you're K through 12 or in college, they don't actually teach you <laughs> how to run a business. No. Where do you, right? Eva, where do you run a, how do you run a business? Where do you start? What, yeah. what you know, what, what milestones do you need to set? Goals, time management. They don't teach you that stuff. So that's awesome no. that you're giving back to those that have that spirit, have that desire you know, to either be their own boss or side hustle or yeah. just learning about the entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, you know, world in general. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think one thing that struck me, I'm very numbers based, which okay. I think has been helpful, even though, you know, I do run a primarily creative business, but I do really like numbers and spreadsheets and, and all that. So the, a big part of my track was providing them with tools mm. to help them kind of quantify if they could make this work, you know, if they could be full-time freelancers. And one of them was just a really simple calculation of, hey, tell me what your monthly expenses are. Like next week, mm. come to come to um, the session with your monthly expenses, you know, a rough estimate calculated out. Then we can find out, okay, if you think you can charge, let's say $50 an hour, here's how many hours of freelance work you need to find each week um, in order to be employed full-time freelance. And I was really surprised by how many people said, I never thought about it that simply, you know, they just kind of were thinking, well, I'll just go into it and hopefully I can make it work as opposed to saying, okay, I'm going to have to either hustle and find more hours of work than I thought I would need, or, oh, I actually only need to work 20 hours, 20 billable hours in order to, to make you know, possibly more than I'm making at my full-time designer job. So I think um, that aspect of it, really providing them with those quantitative tools to turn their, you know, turn their dream, turn their idea into a reality again. Um, that was, that was gratifying for me to, to be able to help them that way. That's awesome. Knowledge is power. <laughs> that's, that's the Definitely. first thing I thought of when you said that knowledge is power and being able to take that quantitative, quantitative, quantitatively say that 10 times data and knowing <laughs> that, okay, here are my expenses. If I know what my hourly rate is realistically, right? How many hours do, do I need or want to work a week? Right. And, and then, right. and then reverse engineering it from there saying, oh, maybe in my case, I only do, I only need to work 20 hours because that's going to allow me to make X money. And, and I'm, you know, more than, more than good with my expenses and, and, and additional costs that I have. So I love that perspective and that strategy as you coach these individuals on understanding where they're at <laughs> and right. giving them that, that, that real picture and not, not pretending like, you know, uh, just do it and it'll come, right? Well, if you know what your expenses are, then you can build your business from there. Exactly. And then you don't have to be so stressed out the whole time sure. of, am I making enough? Like what's enough? And, you know, potentially making the leap to full-time sooner than maybe it would be wise to, because it's just going to be too stressful. You know, yep. when I went full-time, I had built up, I built up an emergency fund that I knew I could cover myself for, you know, let's say six months sure. um, if I didn't work a single billable hour. And that mm. just helped me really focus on serving my clients as opposed to stressing about money. 
Gotcha. I, I, that, that's awesome. So let's, uh, two quick questions, then we'll let you go. So let's talk a little bit about your freelance work and your experience. Why, is, for, from your perspective, why is client services work important to growing your entrepreneurial business? Yeah. So until very recently, client services was 100% of my business. And that's okay. just, by that, I just mean either ongoing retainer-based or just ad hoc one-on-one or really just companies hiring Flowspoke to handle their designer development work. So client services plays such a large role in that, um, just in that communicating well, providing estimates, providing, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> providing- well, Statements of work, providing, you know, a, exactly. a detailed outline, sure. Just being a pleasant um, person to work with as yep. a partner, as a design partner, um, I really think that that's helped me a lot in my um, in my career thus far. I do think there's a stereotype, especially with developers, as not being very uh, verbose or not being uh, super responsive to emails. Um, sure. So I do think that has set me apart as you know a web developer partner for some of my clients, just being um, very communicative, very willing to like hop on calls and be that um, partner to them. But that's awesome, right? Because you're able to know, I mean, we all have strengths and weaknesses, right? And being able mm -hmm. to know that you you are charismatic, you're, you are a conversationalist. You don't have a right. problem picking up a phone and talking through a current problem that one of your clients is having, right? And working through how to solve it. And that's good right. to know. That's the, obviously, you know, in your case, that's one of your strengths. Yeah, absolutely. So I do think it's been, it's been really important as opposed to positioning myself as someone who, where it's like a dev shop, you know, it's like, we sure. can build you the craziest tool um, <laughs> in a week or something like that's really not right. the role that I play. Um, it's yeah. more of, uh, yeah, exactly, awesome. exactly how you put it. All right, Yvonne, we'll leave you with this last question. Uh, from your experience and your entrepreneurial ups and downs, you know, what are some peaks and valleys that you've experienced and how has that strengthen your spirit, your desire to continue forth with your flow spoke business? Yeah. So I think I, when I started working full time, which again was four years ago. So I've had some time to kind of go through some peaks and valleys. As you said, the first two years were really just reacting to what was happening, um, which in my case was, you know, what a lot of people consider a good problem, which is I had a lot of work. I had a lot of referrals wow. coming in. Um, but I, like, all I did was work. You know, I didn't outsource a single thing for the first two years. I was just doing all the work myself, everything. Um, and that resulted in, uh, after the second year, having a summer where it was just brutal. You know, I took on way too many projects at once. I thought I was going to be able to use this one kind of shortcut to automate this project. Didn't work. It was like all-nighters. It was terrible. Oh and then oh. that... Um, that resulted in me then hiring my first intern, um, which, you know, over the last two years has really been a process of just figuring out what are my strengths, what can I pay other people to do for me um, so that I can really focus on how I best serve my clients. Um, so now I would say I'm definitely at more of a peak in my business where I actually have some free time to think about, hmm, what outside of work makes me happy, you know, um, like today I was able to take the morning off and go to the Art Institute. That's not mm. something I would have been able to do even a year ago, um, but just the way that I'm kind of shifting things around, um, I would say right now is a peak, less less even in like what parts of my business are fulfilling to me, but how am I able to balance my life in that I'm not only focusing on my business all the time. Love that, love that, because it's, it's a balance, right? 
Um, sorry, I'm Italian. I'm talking with my hands. Um, it, it's the balance, <laughs> but you have the balance. I mean, look, as a consultant, right? I mean, it, right? You you talked about the overnight, the 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 amount of days overnight to try and figure out this problem, and then learning, right? We all learn from mistakes. In oh knowing yeah, that, that's, that, I can that's... only learn the hard way. I'm pretty sure. I've like I've, I've realized <laughs> I only learn through pain. Um, so luckily, I feel like I've had enough valleys at this point that I've started actually like seeing the trends, seeing what I can do differently to and be that, a little bit happier. That's awesome. And being able to balance it and being able to go to the uh, art institute in the morning and then knowing that, you know, you can take care of the work in the afternoon, just yeah. having that freedom and flexibility. And this is, that's something I enjoy. I mean, you cannot put a price tag on things like that. You can't. I might try, <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> awesome. Well, Yvonne from Flow Spoke, thank you so much for being on today's How to Jab and knock out the competition with real sales and marketing results. We really do appreciate your time today. Awesome. You too. Thank All you. Right. Take care. Thank you.